As far as optimizing goes, we use some really awesome behavioral analytical tools to see where people are clicking, where they're hovering, where they're scrolling, how long they're staying there. And we can analyze the user experience on the website. And so there are some bits and pieces that can be optimized in the user flow and the user journey through an e-commerce website. Hey, Bob WP here and welcome to Woo Agency Chat, part of the Do The Woo podcast network for WooCommerce and WordPress builders. Today's show is brought to you by Avalara. If you have clients who sell in the EU or UK, make sure they know about cross-border and international selling with their Avatax, which you can find on the WooCommerce Marketplace. I'll share more about Avalara later in the show, but it's time to join Robbie and Robert with guest hosts Travis Lima from WooCommerce and Zach and Josh Weber from Big Red Jelly, a branding marketing strategy and web development agency. They span the gamut from how they chose their unique name to agency growth to talking about enterprise. Plus, there's a lot of nuggets of agency life thrown in between. So let's get this started. Hello, my name is Robbie Azier, and I'm with OS Training. I'm one of the co-hosts at Do The Woo, and we've got a cool episode for you today. But first, let me also just say hey to my co-host, Robert Jacoby. Robert, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Survived uh, work camp US, so that's fantastic. Yes, but boy, I say our our little impromptu uh, podcast that we did there at, at uh, WordCamp has uh, taken off. I've gotten all kinds of comments from people about it. Uh, we had a we had a really fun one there. Uh, you know, you know it has to be a thing. So recorded live with this, <laughs> yes. Um, and then we also have another co-host, and I'll say slash guest from Woo. We always like to have somebody from Woo coming on, and we like to question them, but also let them ask questions of our guests as well. So today we have Travis Lemus, his first time on here. Hi, welcome, Travis. Thanks, Robbie. Happy to be here. Awesome. And, and we're going to come up with some very difficult questions and really put you on the spot. No, I'm joking. We will not. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> yes, it is. And we've got a couple of guests today from the same agency with a really cool name, Big Red Jelly. I don't know. I just love that name. Whenever uh, I heard you guys are going to be on here, I was like, I just love that name. And I've got to get the, the story behind it. But we have Josh and Zach Weber here with us today. So guys, I will let you pick who goes first on talking. Well, actually, no, I won't. I'm going to just pick and I'm going to say, Josh, Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us on. So I'm excited. Cool. And Zach, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm surviving. Josh will have to tell you the story. He's got it memorized. He gets asked the story about Big Red Jelly probably three times a day. So he's good to go. I had no doubt. When I saw the name of your company, I was like, I bet they get asked all the time, where did this name come from? So we will let Josh tell it since he's got it memorized. Well, sure. I'll, I'll try to mix it. Every time I try to mix it up at least a little bit, and then eventually the lore will just grow and something will happen with our brand. I'm sure that's very interesting. But uh, yeah, long story short, we're, uh, Big Red Jelly has been around for six years. In fact, as of two days ago, two days ago was our business uh, anniversary. So uh, I just remembered that um, when you were talking. So the, the name Big Red Jelly, long story short, when we started this agency, Zach and I, six years ago, um, we both worked in other creative agencies, digital agencies, uh, several. Um, and 
we always felt like there was a lot of inefficiencies. There's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of fat. There's a lot of kind of waving your hands in the air and, and not getting stuff done. Not with all ages, but with, with a lot that happens just in business, I think, in general, um, but a lot in the agency space, too. And so when we started Big Red Jelly, we did not have a name in mind. We just knew we wanted to be efficient tr and transparent. And um, I'm a little bit of a National Geographic geek. And at that particular point in time, I received an email that they just discovered the red jellyfish off the coast of Japan, and it was the world's most efficient animal. Um, so we went to big, we went to redjelly.com to see if it was available, and some foodie blogger had that domain out of the UK who was making red jelly. Shame, shame. So we went with big red jelly, and then that that mascot has, has stuck with us ever since. So it's kind of served as our our mascot, but also a reminder of just kind of who we are, how we operate. So big red jelly was born. I love it. I love it. It has some meaning behind it too. And by the way, I'm also a big uh, Nat Geo fan too. So Shout out. <laughs> <Kudos>. <laughs> awesome. So Robert, I'm going to, I'm going to hand it over to you and let you start the questioning. So just having, you know, a chance to speak with you guys earlier and, and understand your business. It looks like big red jelly rather than a standard kind of e-commerce shop really moves like branding first rather than, is, is that fair to say or how does that look like for you guys? Yeah, that is fair to say. It's kind of interesting because we started our kind of agency focused on web design and web dev. But over and over and over again, as we started to work with small to mid-sized businesses, especially, we noticed that a lot of the problems they had when you really boil them down to their core brand related issues. They don't know kind of who their audience is, who they serve, who they are as a company. And, and it's kind of evolved into what our tagline is now today, brand, build, grow. And so we like to work with our clients and say, well, let's figure out who you are first, who you serve. And in our experience, a website and an online experience is an extension of your brand. Now, okay, how do you reach your audience the best way and most effective way possible? And then that's where technology comes in to accelerate a brand, to accelerate your message. So everything's the brand is kind of what we're trying to evangelize here. It's way more than just a logo, but that website or the, or, or WooCommerce, whatever technology you need should accelerate your brand forward. Right. So that's kind of the way we look at it. So almost tech agnostic. We have definitely some tech that we prefer over others. That's for sure. So <laughs> we, we, I really want to hear which ones that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been, we've been WordPress. WordPress is our number one platform as we, you know, have anything to say about it so when we when we work with businesses because we do serve mostly i'd say small to mid-cap companies although the last year and a half that's changed we've started to really enter the enterprise market quite a bit uh wordpress is as uh, our we were at wordcamp uh, just a few weeks ago we go every year um wordpress is our is our go-to cms woocommerce is our go-to e-commerce platform um and then we have preferred crms we have preferred online tools we've preferred hosting um, but we like to say that we are flexible, right? So we can work with other tools, but we have our kind of color palette that we like to work with. It's mostly red. Got it. No, I, I mean, what we typically say, you know, our elevator pitch when people ask, what does Big Red Jelly do? It's everything you should be doing before you start dumping money into Google paid ads, pay-per-click, you know, email marketing, et cetera. Business owners get so excited thinking about, oh, I'm going to start my email marketing this next week or, you know, I'm 
I'm going to reach out to all my friends and family and create coupons and do a bunch of, I'm going to dump a lot of money into social ads. Um, and then they don't really have an effective strategy for their brand or for their website, or it's all disjointed, or it doesn't make sense, <laughs> or it doesn't resonate with their audience. And so kind of going back to what Josh was saying, you know, it starts with the brand. If your brand is off, your website will be off, your online store will be off, it won't resonate with your clients. And it doesn't matter how much money you dump into Google ads, it's not going to perform as well as it should. Zach and Josh, I'm kind of curious. Um, I've got a little bit of a small background of brand design and brand awareness and communications. And so I'm curious from an e-commerce perspective, if you're seeing with customers that you can take a sort of mediocre product and brand their way into success. Or is that something that can be done or is product has to be like top of the range before you can even look at brand or maybe you could just, you know, touch on that real quick. Yeah, you're bringing up probably the biggest dilemma that I think about the most. And sometimes to be frank with you, you know, we will turn down clients if we feel like it's just not a good product or service. I think that's an honest conversation that needs to be had more often between a client and an agency. You know, it's like putting a bow on a pig. There's only so much we can do. However, I forget who shared the quotes. Maybe it can be shared in the notes, but there was a, a popular quote that goes, I'll paraphrase, but there's only two really primary functions in any business, marketing and innovation. Innovation meaning you've got to be improving the product, you've got to be improving the service, and then you've got to be marketing it. There is nothing else. And so Oftentimes, yeah, I think going back to what Zach said, it's like sometimes we lose focus of you got to be attacking both. Sometimes we're neck deep in marketing and branding, but we forget that we've got to be putting out a world-class product. That goes back to the technology question that Robert asked, which is like, why do we pick certain technologies over others? Well, because we align with brands and technologies that are constantly innovating, pushing the envelope. It may not be perfect. But they're growing, they're testing, they're innovating, and then we see what happens to companies that don't, right? So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a question, that's a debate I think that needs to happen more uh, between agencies and their clients, right? What's the product that we're branding, that we're selling? How can we improve it if possible? So you said that you guys have been entering into the enterprise level a lot more lately. Is it still the same type of work that you were doing for your mid-sized companies? Or are you finding that you're kind of branching into other uh, types of projects? It is the same type of work and in, in the sense that it's the same category of work, but it is scaled up or we dive significantly deeper. Um, so for our enterprise level clients, much more time, much more resources, and a lot more money spent on uh, a discovery or more, a more thorough discovery process, a more thorough research process, brand research, looking at their target demographic, you know, understanding how that industry or those products might, or similar products are performing in the industry right now. Um, so same service, but much deeper. And, uh, you know, we're noticing now kind of going back to what Josh was saying before, we are industry agnostic. And so we get clients and customers from all around the world with all sorts of different products. Um, and, but as long as that client is passionate about what they're doing, 
And people can be passionate about the most obscure topics, products, and services. <laughs> but if they're passionate about it and that, that's what they want to do with their life, it's like, that's what we really want to do. And we're moving more and more into those enterprise level where these people are looking at it. It's not a side hustle. It's not an entrepreneur. It's somebody who takes this very seriously and they know the ins and outs. They've been in the industry for 20, 30 years. And so they take it very seriously. And so, so, so should we in that sense. And do you have any, have you found any res resistance in the enterprise level with uh, WordPress and WooCommerce? Or have you seen that enterprise, again, doesn't care as long as it gets the job done? That's a good question. I think depends on the industry, depends on the client. It's all very different. For the most part, what we are seeing, um, it's almost it would seem paradoxical and the bigger the client, going back to what Zach said, the more they're interested in what is the holistic approach and solution to what we're looking for. We really don't care what the technology is. You guys are the experts. It's kind of that meme that goes around in the agency space. If there's any agency owners listening or freelancers, they'll, they'll giggle. But there's the, there's the $500 client and then there's the $50,000 client. And one of them wants you to you know buy into their vision, live in the basement, you know, you're committed to them for the long haul. And then the $50,000 client's like, hey, checks in the mail. Let me know when you're done. <laughs> and we are kind of seeing that at the enterprise level, but the strategy is important. Like Zach said, when we get smaller businesses, there might be a particular thing that's broken that they need fixed. Like this feature I need fixed. When an enterprise client reaches out, it's not that issue that they're reaching out for. They're more, hey, we, here's a whole approach. How, how can we improve our conversion rates across the board by 3%, right? That's, that's a lot of, of, of things that we need to take into account. And then as an agency or a, a woo expert, when we come and say, well, this is how we're going to solve that problem. These are the tools we're going to use. They rarely ask about the tools. It's like, yeah, just, just solve the problem. So in that respect, it's almost, it's, yeah, it's a whole different kind of treat to work with these enterprise level companies, right? So uh, I'm really curious to, Robbie runs a company as well, uh, an agency uh, as a side gig to OS training. Um, and uh, I ran one for 15 years on the technical side. And I know people listening will be very curious as to, you know, a lot of almost like nitty gritty about what that discovery delivery process looks like. Even, you know, from the most basic is how long should you expect to close, you know, a mid mid cap or enterprise client from you know that first touch you know what are what are the expectations folks in the agency space uh woocommerce space what what should they have in mind yeah i, I can speak to a few points there it's definitely going to be longer right mid cap and, and enterprise level for us at least i i i'll, I'll speak to our numbers you, you know plan on 60 to 90 days in terms of the sales process where it might be a request for proposal that you're putting in they will make, we aim to have an initial discovery call where we just ask a lot of questions. And then over the course of those 60 to 90 days, we might have two, three, four, five calls, but those do get more specific, more detailed as we really try to lock in the scope. Over that course of time as well, we start to kind of present more. So the first call is 90% them talking, 10% us asking questions toward the end. It's more, hey, this is us presenting our solution to you. And then they say, yes, let's go for it. So, uh, yeah, much longer. We do see as well for our agency owners that are out there, Q4, those tend to shorten. You know, all of a sudden it's the end of the year. We've got some budget. I've always wanted to rebrand or rebuild this. Let's do it. And so Q4 is exciting. 
it's a madhouse for a lot of agencies, but uh, it's a fun time of year. So we're coming up on Q4, right? Two weeks away. <laughs> I know. I, and I feel you on that Q4. I'm, I'm getting prepped myself. Um, <clears throat> so you've been in business, you said six years, I believe. So at what point did you say, hey, you know what? We're established stuff. We know what we're doing. We can go after enterprise. I mean, what, where, where, where did you make that turn where you said, you know what? I don't have to do small websites or even just mid-sized companies. I can move on up and I can handle enterprise level work. Yeah, I've got one thought that Zach, and then I'll let you chime in up. But yeah, I, I um, sorry if I'm talking too much. Um, no, no. <laughs> hey, someone's got to talk, Josh. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> that these are great. These are great questions. This is fun. Um, for us, that big step happened when we decided to niche down. I would say was the big catalyst into we can do this, and we made that decision uh, right when COVID hit. Um, really, right? So COVID hit and a third of our clients, we were a full service digital marketing agency at that point in time. And those, those can be scary words for a lot of people because that's a, it's a lot of work. I don't know why we were thinking we could do everything at that point in time, but um, COVID hit and a third of our clients had to immediately pause work, right? So a third of our revenue just disappeared in the course of two weeks. And at that point in time, Zach and I sat down and we said, What's the plan here, right? And we'd always been thinking for the first, what was that, three years of our existence, we always liked building and branding online. We liked the project stuff. It was just, it was, to be frank, it was just more enjoyable. Like we just liked that. And then, you know, when it comes to now it's time to turn up the gas and market and advertise, you know, you guys can go do that. But when COVID, it was kind of a silver lining for us. We said, we have less to lose now. And so we ripped the Band-Aid off. We found partners who did SEO, social media, email marketing, online ads. Said, hey, we got all these clients we're going to hand over to you. We're just going to brand and build online experiences going forward. And you can see our metrics. You can see our revenue, our profit. We, we track every month from day one from that decision, just immediate bounce up, right? Just exponential curve. And then that was when, to answer your question, Robbie, um, we said, we, yeah, we can do this. Because we not only niche down in terms of our services, but that's when we fully committed to the technologies and the platforms that we want to use, WordPress, WooCommerce being the biggest, I would say, for us. So, Awesome. Great answer there. And, and I think it's uh, a key for uh, agencies that are listening, too, is to understand that sometimes you do... I mean, I've had my agency, it'll be 21 years next month. And and we've had to pivot many times over those years to say, because a lot of times you will get, like you said, all of a sudden you're like, you realize you're doing everything. And you're just like, why am I doing everything? Because if I do everything, I can't do anything really well. And so you have to always reevaluate your agency as you're going along over the years and say, hey, I need to, maybe I can find, as you said, find a partner. That's a that's also another great thing. I, I I hate whenever I hear agencies say, well, we just stopped doing this. I'm like, well, did you find someone to hand that over to? Did you find someone to work with and be that person for you going forward? Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that you guys did find partners for that. It's a scary thing. You know, they're like, well, this brings in X amount of revenue, but we don't calculate that opportunity cost of really sit down. And, and I, I invite everyone to do this, even if you're not an agency owner just in your work life, your personal life, like sit down and say, list out all the things you do in a day, all those tasks and say, okay, 
what 20% of there's, there is going to be the Pareto principle, right? I think it's called 20% of the things that you did today resulted in 80% of your joy, your revenue, you know, your flight. What are those 20% of those things? And then tomorrow commit to doing that all the time. And then like you said, Robbie, instead of just throwing it into the wind, delegate, find a VA, you know, figure that out. So you can boil that principle down to your personal life, your work life, but in, in business as well. And I, it works. Yes. And if you find those strategic partners that they are specializing in that, whatever that X is, you don't want to do, and you've gone and given it to them, guess what? They're not doing what you're specializing in. So now you've got a great way of tossing referrals back and forth too. Do you have clients who sell into or across the EU and UK? Likely you may not know about cross-border or international selling, or maybe you need to learn a little bit more because a little knowledge goes a long ways. And with Avalara's Woo integration via Avalara's Avatox, you can help your clients focus on selling while not having to worry about determining tax rates, even with various product types. They use automation to make VAT and sales tax calculation faster, easier, and more accurate with a built-in VAT calculation. Just go to the Woo Marketplace over on WooCommerce.com and search for Avalara's Avatox. I'm going to try and push something towards Zach, which I know you're, Zach, you're more, more technical here. So let's talk about, I want to talk about WooCommerce and optimization and any issues you guys are having with WooCommerce. How much importance do you put on optimization? How much importance do you put on hosting? those type of things. I love that question. So WooCommerce, even before we kind of were introduced to the Woo Expert program, WooCommerce has been our go-to. And so that introduction to that program and that partnership with um, the Woo Expert team and the WooCommerce team has just been an awesome cherry on top. So we, we love that. And that's one of our key partnerships right now, honestly, speaking of partners. Um, but when I think about WooCommerce and how we use it and the optimization, I also think about the automization, right? We're really big with tools and using any tools you can. And partly, or one of the main reasons why we love working on WordPress and WooCommerce is because of its kind of open source nature. And so the ability to sync, integrate, automate with all these other tools is part of what we include in our brand and build strategy. It's like, okay, great. You're passionate about your product. You have a pretty cool product. Now you have a really awesome brand and a website, but you know you could run ads to it. But if you're not automating and optimizing that website, that is actually the title of one of our, we call it our chapters in our services, is automate and optimize. Um, so optimizing your, you know, obviously click-through optimization or you know, conversion rate optimization, all of those things, but then automating it from there. You know, the thank you pages, the automatic emails, the drip campaigns, the, you know, the coupons that get sent out, all of that stuff, like Josh was saying, you know, automate or outsource or delegate those things that you don't need to be doing that, you know, the 80% of the stuff <laughs> and you can uh, automate and optimize all of those things that are going to do the hard work for you. Um, a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just going to grind. I'm going to do my, you know, every month I'm going to write a new 
newsletter email campaign and include a coupon. Well, it's like newsflash. You can write eight of those, automate it so that you know it's automatic when a client comes in, buys a product, they're just signed up and it's done, right? <laughs> um, we internally, um, as far as optimizing, because that's automating, as far as optimizing goes, we use some really awesome an- behavioral analytical tools to see where people are clicking, where they're hovering, where they're scrolling, how long they're staying there. And we can analyze kind of the user experience on the website. Um, And so there are some bits and pieces that can be optimized in the user flow or the user journey through an e-commerce website. Um, People don't think a whole lot about this very simple feature that WooCommerce has, for example, which is when they add a product to the cart, does it automatically redirect to the cart? right? People think, oh, that's so tiny. What difference does it make? Well, it's like at some price point, your product more likely than not is only going to be bought in, you know, batches of one. <laughs> and so it's like, you, if you're a clothing store, you don't want that feature. If you're selling a $2,000, you know, printer, it's like, yeah, let's get them, you know, fewer clicks. Let's get them to give me money faster. And there's no way then redirecting them to the cart or the checkout page directly, Right. Um, so we got to take all those things into account, especially when working on e-commerce, because every penny matters when it comes to ROI, um, running ads, you know, doing social media, your marketing efforts, et cetera. So yeah, it's fun. And so I totally want to follow up on this automation thing. So you talked about the automation side for that end user, for that customer of yours. Uh, what does it look like inside Big Red Jelly? Uh, with regards to deployments and Q and A, what is what is you know? Do you have some you know custom you know rapid deployment process? Uh, how does that look like for you guys inside? I love it. Um, this kind of goes all the way back to the the technology question in the beginning. We're industry agnostic. We have our preferences for technology, and that goes for just about every technological category. So you're talking CRM. We have our preferences, right? You're talking CMS. Obviously, we have WordPress as our preference. <laughs> you know, then all the other kind of tools, the scheduling, the you know, uh, analytical tools. We have our preferences. But now, a client might come with a CRM um, that's not in our preference, uh, kind of our, our toolbox, so to speak, and we'll still work with that and make that work. Um, and we have kind of adopted internally a lot of the. This is going to sound maybe cheesy or unrelated, but kind of restaurantology terminology so or like the food service terminology so before a project goes live our QA is we call it pass approval right so before a plate goes out to the the diners head chef comes around and he doesn't change the plate per se but he approves the plate and so all of our projects go through pass approval which is getting a new set of eyeballs on it from a new designer, uh, a new team member, usually somebody, a manager or a director who's looking at that and putting their stamp of approval and saying, yes, this works. Now we will run, of course, the nitty gritty. We'll go through the, the checkout process. We'll fill out the forms. We'll check that the automated emails are sending, et cetera. Um, but more so it's like, oh, let me come in with a fresh set of eyeballs and pretend to be a user here and see if anything you know, raises any flags. Does anything not make sense? Um, sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, this functionality or this, you know, email or this link. It's like, okay, that's all well and good. And those will come to the surface, I assure you. 
but more so it's like big picture. Does the navigational menu even make sense, right? Are we prioritizing our products and services that make us the most money? Um, is there some automation that should be implemented that isn't? Those kinds of things we tried to find earlier on before launching. Um, and of course, you're going to learn as you go. And you know, the client might realize three months after project launches, oh, you know what, Big Red Jelly, you were right. I do need to set up an automatic drip email campaign. <laughs> right. And that's fine. It's part of the learning curve and we love it. Um, so that's kind of how we, how we handle it. Got it. Uh, and that totally makes sense. So you, you know, you've built that process to make things right for the enterprise. And I want to circle back to something Robbie said, uh, you know, a few minutes ago is again, you know, how do you connect with them? And, and specifically to Travis, how does, you know, WooCommerce help Big Red Jelly and vice versa, uh, make these things happen, make these engagements, uh, you know, follow up on RPs. I, you know, what are those sort of that nitty gritty that our audience wants to know? So the, the question being, how do we connect with enterprise level clients and how does kind of WooCommerce serve as that solution that we present to them? You know, does WooCommerce participate in those discussions and help actualize them? Uh, yes and yes. So um, yeah, shout out, shout out Ross, if he's listening. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, it's just great to have, when we have sales, we've got a sales team here, a business development team here at Big Red Jelly. When we need a specific pitch deck, we have questions, we have very technical questions. We can hop on it. Ross is our point of contact and he'll put us in touch with the right person at the WooCommerce team. We've had people hop on calls with us to present this to enterprise level clients. We've had custom pitch decks made from us with WooCommerce branding and Big Red Jelly branding combined um, and everything in between. So it's everything that you would need to make it, to give as much time to our guy or gal to just work with the client, right? All, uh, technical questions, assets, sales material, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's, been a, it's been a great relationship and it will continue to grow as we start to move more into the enterprise market. I'm excited to see where it goes. That's very cool. What does it look like from your end, Travis, then? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Josh basically sold it. Uh, you know, I can just wrap up here and uh, let you folks carry on. But yeah, um, so I think like if we take a step back about two and a half years ago, we set up a customer success department specifically with the focus on enterprise level customers and uh, Ross in addition to that is doing a great job with our partners but you know essentially what we're trying to do is bridge the gap between WooCommerce and these enterprise level customers because what we're seeing is you know bigger and better merchants are either starting off on Woo and then growing to you know a certain level or um, they are looking at e-commerce solutions and, you know, wondering is Woo capable enough of handling their needs? And so a lot of what we're doing, working with partners, working with Woo experts and sort of hand-holding these enterprise-level customers through this, you know, rocky terrain that is e-commerce. Um, and yeah, so I think it looks a little different for each customer and each merchant and, and each agency. But um, yeah, we, we're trying to smooth that road as much as we can. 
And while we are on the uh, big E topic here, enterprise, uh, just everybody should know that's listening on Do The Woo here that Do The Woo is going to have some episodes that are going to be focused on enterprise level WordPress and WooCommerce too coming up soon. So watch out for those episodes as well. Oh, I, I got one more because I get to be the troublemaker always. Boy, I, you know, what is this Wix and Shopify stuff that's, you know, uh, dirtying up the big red jelly, you know, services page. We've been we've been hoodwinked. Um, yeah, because <laughs> I, I want to kind of tie two points together. Um, yeah, about about eighty five percent of our build projects, as we call them, are WordPress, and then I would say Zach, what ten percent are Wix, five percent are Shopify. We we do get a lot of mom and pop shops. I would say just a lot of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs freelancers who are on Wix and we've got a startup department that helps them with their Wix needs. Um, to be completely frank, if we can convince them to move over to WordPress. In fact, that's becoming more and more popular. We had a great conversation with Ross and the team at WordCamp about um, just in our experience, the demand for uh, clients that are coming to us who are on Shopify or on another e-commerce platform and they've outgrown that platform, right? And some of these CMSs do advertise themselves as being a great enterprise solution, and it's not entirely true. I think it's become very apparent to us that there are certain business sizes that just work better with certain CMSs or e-commerce platforms, right? So Wix is better. Uh, it's okay for a mom-and-pop shop. I think likewise with a really early entry-level e-commerce shop with Shopify, but they will start to hit some pain points. They will start to hit that plateau. And then a conversation is is being had about what the other right alternatives are, WooCommerce being one of them. So, yeah, don't be too worried, Robert. Don't be too worried. No, no. <laughs> I kind of figured that would be sort of the direction of the answer. So I'm curious uh, if if you already have sort of predefined metrics around those things, so that other you know WooCommerce agencies and partners could be like, oh yeah. We know we know these folks are on Wix or Squarespace or Shopify, you know, at these point, you know, at these points, and we can recognize when that pain will hit. So yes, I, I want to know the the magic secret sauce behind you know Big Red Jelly on you know when when that conversion can happen to WooCommerce. Yeah, it's really hard to put. Uh, yeah, I get asked this question a lot, and I think about it quite a bit. It, it's hard to put really specific because it's so industry specific or what their goals are as a company or how, how big their team is, or how tech-savvy they are. But for the most part, it's exactly what I just said. But to a client, I'll say, hey, if it's just you, or you're already on Wix, and it's your niece who's running your donut shop, you know, then maybe stick with it. I don't, you know, I don't want to be that agency that forces you to make changes um, just because it's what I want. But I am also transparent with them and saying, if you've got ambitious growth goals, you've got big digital marketing goals, you've got some SEO goals, you want to customize some things, you want to automate more, you want more flexibility, you might want to make that move now um, when it's easier rather than down the road when it's a lot harder. And so it really, for me, it comes down to what their goals are and what they're comfortable with and just being open, honest, transparent with them. But again, what we're seeing more and more is that they're coming to us because they're on a CMS and they've outgrown that platform and they want to, they've heard about WooCommerce, they've heard about WordPress and they want to make the switch, right? So it's definitely an empowering thing to talk about WordPress to uh, clients and just say, look, it's, it's the most used CMS platform on planet earth. 
Therefore, you know, you're, it's not a huge risk here. And when you work with other agencies, freelancers are on your own, it's got more resources than any other platform on the planet. So you're not kind of like going blind here. You know, it's probably going to be a better platform for you moving forward. So I usually lead with that. And then they appreciate the transparency and, and a lot of times they make the switch. Awesome. I, I'm glad to hear that That uh, it was not to hoodwink you guys, by the way, to bring that up. I think it's, <laughs> it is, it's being a responsible and uh, empathetic agency to look at a client and say, yeah, you might, this is a better solution for you. Sometimes a SaaS solution is a better solution for them because like you said, size of team or ambition, if they don't have an ambition and this is it, I mean, I literally, we've had some people who were like, you really just need to sell this on Etsy. I mean, it's just, that's going to be your best place to be. And, and it's, and it's the truth. And, you know, and you just never know though, is having those type of clients over the years, we have a client we've had for 19 years. It's our oldest client. And, and, you know, it's kind of that mom and pop type situation, but we also, especially when Right before pandemic, thank goodness, we we convinced them to do another SaaS platform for some uh, video training as well. Anyway, and so that all took off so much that now, 19 years later, we've had them on SaaS products all these years. And now we're building a very custom, uh, you know, WooCommerce with uh, LMS built in and everything like that. So they can cross sell. So you just never know. It could happen. It may not be immediate, though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm glad to hear that you guys are doing that. It, it is it is the ethical thing to do for a client is to really give them what they need and not just what you want to sell. I, I would say one more point really quick, going back to your question, Robert. I think an important thing for freelancers, agencies to keep in mind, just the words that we use, right? Enterprise, that means... a different things to different people and depending on who you ask, right? And what we're seeing here, I've been spending a lot of time researching mid-market, even lower mid-market companies, right? As defined by the IRS. So five to 10 million in revenue to 1 billion. That sounds like a lot, but that's nowhere close to the Amazon that's in the trillions, right? So, but there's this big, almost forgotten range of businesses that are that is much bigger than the mom and pop shop, right? Like five, ten million in revenue a year. That's that's no that's no peanuts. So there's this big strata of businesses that are clearly past the small business range, but they're not what some would call enterprise, right? An Amazon, an IT, that kind of thing, which is a dream client for some agencies that can handle that, but. Do people know enough about this middle range of businesses? And in my opinion, WordPress WooCommerce is the perfect solution for these people oftentimes, right? They need something that's highly customizable with a lot of potential, both SEO-wise, automation-wise, optimization-wise, definitely outgrown Wix or Shopify or other solutions, right? And you can service all of their needs. That is, that's prime real estate. So I, I, I encourage everyone to kind of explore mid-market businesses and and the makeup of those business owners, a fascinating kind of range of businesses that I think we don't talk about enough, really. Uh, in my head, uh, it's enterprise as soon as I'm told that uh, I need to be a preferred vendor, you know, procurement or purchasing department. As soon as those words come up, then I know they're enterprise because, you know, at that point, you're going to have three months of legal, three months of uh, purchasing, and then you're actually starting to work, you know, at month six. I think that's, yeah, I like that. And, and that and that recovers the range, whether you're a $20 million company or a $2 trillion company. I feel that that process specifically 
takes a bit of savvy to understand as well as the patience and uh, the right people to deal with again on, you know, on the insurance, on the legal, on all these other bits and pieces that would typically never exist for like the donut shop. Yeah. There's a the last thing I'll say on that point really quick. Um, th- there's a lot of interesting pain points that the mid-market businesses have been experiencing. So some of the characteristics that make up this class of business are they've been around for around 30 years on average. So that's a that's a decent amount of time without being this 100-year-old, you know, um, Ford, right? So uh, they've been around for around 30 years, usually multi-generational companies. They're very well known in their industry or their niche, but not outside of there. And again, 10 to million, 1 billion in revenue. It's a wide range, but, and it's hard. You're not going to reach them by just digital marketing tactics or, you know, you've got to be in the industry and you've got to, you've got to be a, a thought leader in that space. So again, be a thought leader in that space and then have your tools ready, i.e. WordPress, WooCommerce. But as soon as it, these, once you start to see these, drive on the freeway, look at these businesses that are kind of off the side. There's no billboard, but they're clearly in a, maybe a manufacturing business, right? Or a, a masonry business that serves all of Nevada. It's one of our clients. Enormous companies that you just don't hear about. And the pain points that they're experiencing right now, according to, there's several articles, one of those Harvard Business Review article is um, technology disruption. So they, they, they are finally getting into COVID kind of pushed that forward, um, hiring talent. And then um, I forget what the third one was, but the first one was technology. They're just trying to say, okay, we need to work smarter now. So they're kind of waking up a little bit. So it's prime time for people in the agency space and, and kind of the word WordPress community to think about mid-market businesses, right? Like we, we have a client who's you know one of the largest hardwood floor uh, manufacturers and distributors in the Western United States. Like you would never think of that. You think like, oh, I want Nike, I want Walgreens. I want it's like, okay, yeah, that's a cool dream client. But there's these really big companies that you drive past and you don't even don't even think twice about. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And there are a ton of those businesses out there, <laughs> a ton. So awesome. Well, um, guys, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. This has been a very interesting conversation we've had today. I love it. And hopefully our audience got some good little tidbits out of this one. So Josh and Zach, tell us how, if someone wants to get in touch with you guys and uh, talk to you about their project, how would they find you? Go to bigredjelly.com, send us a message or um, you'll see our team page. You can send us an email. I'd love to connect with anyone on LinkedIn too. Love the community. Love to talk WordPress, WooCommerce. This is fun. Fantastic. And Zach, I hear you, I saw on your profile, you also were starting a podcast, right? Um, well, we're thinking about it. We are soon, yeah. We're, we're launching once, stay tuned. Yeah. That's right. Well, you've put it out there, so now you have to, see? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. And Travis, if, if there's uh, an agency out there that's wanting to also be someone like Big Red Jelly, how would they get in touch with you guys? Yeah, so you can look me up on any social media, Travis Lima or at Travis Lima. Uh, ping me personally and I'll get in touch with you. Otherwise, there is a um, get in touch with us at WooCommerce.com form. And then that will probably come to my inbox and then we can uh, start a conversation. Fantastic. And I guess with uh, since uh, in four weeks when we normally do this, we have Woo Sesh as well. So that'll be uh, going on uh, in a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, thanks for, for bringing that up, Robert. I, was, I meant to bring that up, so great. Thank you. All right. Well, thank everyone for listening to this episode, and don't forget to look out for the next episode of Do The Woo. Thanks all. Yeah, thanks, guys. Hey, Bob WP here again. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Woo Agency Chat. Appreciate Josh and Zach taking the time to share their experiences and insights, as well as Travis as he joined us in the conversation. And if you have projects you're working on and they're selling internationally, consider Avalara for your client's tax resource. So from this side of the world, take care and keep on doing the woo.